still finally gave the Ringers Philly crew a podcast. I'm Ben Solak. And I'm Shiel Kapadia. That's right. Just a couple Philly guys with the new space to fire off some Eagles takes, get caught up in the Sixers chaos and more. We'll be coming to you twice a week on Sundays and Thursdays, plus bonus episodes whenever we get breaking news or Philly drama. Plus when Harden and Embiid somehow convince you suckers that this year's going to be different, our fellow Philly stands at the Ringer will have you covered on the Sixers and all your other favorite teams in town. It's Philly sports, Shiel. What could possibly go wrong? Join the fun and follow the Ringer's Philly special now on Spotify. It's the Full Go presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. And right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same game parlays or SGPs as the kids like to call them all on one page plus start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win so download the app today and bet with FanDuel America's number one sports book the ringer is committed to responsible gaming please visit rg-help.com learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details must be 21 plus 18 plus in DC and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler or visit rg help.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Chicago everywhere. Check it. It's not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. <laughs> he is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the Full Go. Love the Full Go. The Full Go. The Full Go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking What up, world? You're listening to The Full Goal with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Yeah. Yeah. We do this pod three times a week, and you guys always complain about those guys. And then when you see them in action, you're like, oh, well, shit. There it is, you know? Yeah. Oh, my Mm. God. (laughs) We have now brought to an end the longest night in Bulls history, ladies and gentlemen. Sheesh. Oh, my Lord. What, what episode is this, Chris? What are we on right now? 258 today. 258. What's happening, y'all? Welcome on in to episode 258 of the Full Go Podcast with Jason Goff. I'm him. We're brought to you by The Ringer. And of course, Spotify is the gang. You've heard the voice already of the fly guy, Chris Sutton. And if you can't hear that in the background, that is that is a uh, quizzical uh, um, disappointed uh, head shake, silent head shake, but a very pointed head shake by one Tony Gill. He is here. (laughs) so the bulls have added a player his name is julian phillips uh i want to start with this we'll start with this ladies and gentlemen um i have no idea about 90 percent of the draft that we just watched it is now 12 27 in the morning uh, we are recording this thing. Usually this thing is <laughs> being processed, chopped and screwed. And Chris and Tony are saving my career by editing and removing things that they know shouldn't be in the pod. Usually that's what's happening this hour, usually on our schedule, right? On our therapy Thursdays, as we like to call them here on uh, the full go. And if there was ever a, there was ever a day <laughs> that Bulls fans needed some therapy. White Sox fans, Cubs fans, Bears fans, go ahead and take a back seat. Bulls fans, come on, come on in. Come on in, pull up a chair. You know, it's, it's nice in here. 
you know, if you're watching on uh, whatever channel you could be watching this pod on, um, there's a nice pink couch behind me that you can lay on. Right. I've got my I've got my work clothes on. It's been so so long a day. I've got soy sauce on my uh, on my on my button up here. Right. So I, I feel like I've been at work and, and doing business all day long. Man, this felt like um, it felt like game 37 in the middle of the season. You know, when you get home and you're just like, ah, OK, half the season's done. Halfway to go, man. Let's just start here. I want to say this. One thing did happen tonight that has never happened before in my life, in my life as a sports fan, as a human. Um, for the first time in my life and Chris and Tony, you could do with this, what you want, but I screamed out the words, my nigga in reference to a white boy. Shout out to my man, Grady Dick, who I saw his pre-draft outfit. They gave us a little look on the NBA Instagram page. But, man, I was so happy for it to be unveiled for the rest of the world. Grady Dick uh, is, I don't even, it was 72 picks ago. I don't even know where he went, where he's going to play right now. Toronto. Toronto, yeah. Shout out to the Toronto Raptors and their acquisition of Grady Dick. Uh, I, I fell in love with Grady Dick uh, <laughs> in the preseason of last year when I saw the name and also saw the game. Saw he was one of those, one of those dudes who you would just be mad at the entire game because he was cold and he looked how he looked right so shout out to him and bringing out the the uh the dorothy's red slipper coat with the turtleneck to match by the way like with the gd train hey like i was gonna say i was gonna get to that part all right grady dick couldn't wait to show people his chain because he's got a symbol because everybody's a brand right gd right and and hey you know <laughs> Shout out to you, you know, growth and development. Uh, uh, Grady, I, I, I want to let you know this. You, the, the NBA <laughs> and the powers that be did you a favor by making sure that you are playing in Toronto because anywhere else on the map <laughs> would have been issues in the city near you, especially with basketball fandom where you're repping something that maybe, just maybe, might mean something else. But shout out to him and uh, all the 7-4 Nation out there. I, I see y'all out there watching. Yeah, I know y'all are coming the dough, and uh, we we going to continue to let y'all in the dough. But whew, after after Victor Wembanyama, and by the way, like I'm gonna get this off before we get into <laughs> get into draft conversation. You know, I'm I'm 42. You guys may have known that. I've said it a ton on this podcast. Uh, we should do like a bingo sheet. And if I say it, you should take a shot or something of that nature. But, you know, I'm at the age now where a lot of these dudes who are being drafted, you know, my dad had me when he was 23, right? (laughs) There's a lot of dudes walking around that stage that are 19, 20 years old, which means there are a whole bunch of ladies who are their mothers who are ready for, uh, shall we say, unveiling into the NBA life. I'm going to tell you all like this right now. If you are a middle-aged man and you just, you, you're looking for somewhere, not me, not me. You know what I mean? That's, that's, that part of my life is finished. That part of my life that has been phased out. I have, I have moved on to greener and more fruitful pastures in my relationship life. But if you are, a uh, uh, on the verge of middle age, man. I guess you know you consider forty two on the verge of being middle age. It's pretty much middle age though, because let's face it, I ain't I ain't making it to eighty four of these joints. So so it's pretty much middle age, right? Man, the moms have changed, and it's been a slow progression. You know, I want to I want to want to give a, a clap on the hand to all the the basketball moms out there showing up and showing out. You know, those travel AAU circuits. I'm sure. I'm sure there's a lot of chicken hawks out there <laughs> making sure you're getting your son to school, making sure that you, you got the right shoes for young Cody or young Grady or young Amari or whoever the young kid is. But boy, oh boy, this I know I'm getting old. I'm like, oh, okay. Huh? Mom's mom's just 
Got him sitting right here. <laughs> I don't want to bite you because, you know, you got to, you know, we in a different time, different day and age, you know, shout out to Juvenile and backing that thing up. But, yeah, man, you know, I was genuinely smiling for the first hour of that draft because, one, I'm old. Two, I have no idea who these people are. Like, college basketball is a foreign concept to me these days. In the last few years, I think COVID really took college basketball off my radar. Like, COVID was like, hey, man, you get to pick uh, a few things that you will like while also trying to battle for, you know, the next breath not being your last one. So, yeah, college basketball had to go. You'll see those memes where it's like Jagged Edge, Drew Hill, Jodeci, and, and and I don't know. Give me another one. Uh, 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 Black Street. Black Street. I was gonna say Black Street. I was gonna actually say I was gonna say Brownstone for some reason <laughs> instead of Black Street. But I don't know why I would put those ladies in that realm. But yeah, Black Street. And it's like you got to pick one. One got to go. Well, guess what? College basketball was the one to go for me. So I got. I got. I watched the NBA draft as an informational. This this last evening, right? Got introduced to a whole bunch of young dudes who apparently uh, this draft was full of defenders because that was the first item on a lot of these dudes' uh, scouting reports. And you know what I hear when I hear a terrific defender at 19? Well, that means that young man ain't going to put the ball in the hoop. He is not going to be scoring on anybody's NBA level. If you come into the league known as a defender, I do not think that your role is going to change terribly. Um, you know, shout out to the dudes. You knew immediately like Jordan Hawkins. Oh, sweet stroke. He's got, he's got one of the sweetest J's in the game and Grady Dick. Oh, he can knock it down from anywhere. But boy, there was a whole bunch of premier defenders at the top line of these young men's titles. Like right, versatile defender. Versatile oh, yeah, defender. Yeah, yeah, he can stick two through five uh when you gonna be able to sneak his ass on the court because he can't score <laughs> okay how long you gonna be on the penalty kill playing with this young man out there on the court playing 405 on offense but i digress like shout out to all these young kids uh dreams coming true i seriously sat there and smiled the entire uh first hour of the broadcast because they got me they sucked me in with all the 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 special interest pieces and this is another thing that I noticed. Uh, we've been over here doing work in France, boy. We listen. Uh, I don't. I, I thought it was just like a soccer phenomenon. I remember when I saw the World Cup a few years ago, and I was like, "Hey, when did they uh, outsource all this blackness to to France?" Right? And I'm like, "Okay, you know, you do your little, you do your your Google's, right? And you see the ancestry and the migrations, and all of a sudden, you got these world class athletes popping up in Paris, right? And probably still being called some of the same." Names that they would be called if they were born here, but nonetheless, right? They've got accents and they, their, their fashion sense is outstanding. Um, Victor Wembanyama looked great. Uh, he handled himself terrifically. Family looked great. Uh, he's going to have to fend a whole bunch of people off uh, because, like I said, family looked great. Um, this is this is a special draft. This was a special draft, and you got a chance to be there or witness it when uh, generational talent gets selected. I don't think that we truly have can or will grasp until you know the season is fully underway how different this dude is. You know, watching those highlights, they still, some of them still look like slow motion. It's only because he's the tallest player on the court and he's moving at a pace where you shouldn't expect the tallest player on the court to move at. And then you get to the uh, Brandon Miller situation where, man, I, I want to know whatever PR company that young man has because, boy, a couple of months ago, we were having a different conversation about him. And a couple of months later, everything has been, I guess, uh, vetted and f his character has been investigated to the point where the Charlotte Hornets don't mind taking him with the number two pick. And let's face it, he was a top three pick no matter what. Uh, we learned some things, right? There's no Damian Lillard trade. There was no Zion Williamson trade. That's the other thing. For all the smoke that we heard about coming into this draft, you know, Jordan Poole going to Washington, D.C. now, and boy, all the, uh, all the 
the young ladies on the yard, very, very happy to see that young man coming because he was out here spending money on ice spice this last summer. So uh, wait till he gets a, a taste of Chocolate City or you know, vice versa, whatever the case may be. Everybody couldn't wait. Hey, Jordan Poole might lead the league in scoring this year. I'm like, hey, yeah, on and off the court <laughs> because, you know, the Bay is cool. Don't get me wrong. The Bay is cool, but D.C. is a different animal. So uh, looking forward to seeing whatever the Washington Wizards scrape together as they just had a fire sale over the last week or so and looked their fan base square in the eyes and said, well, we just going to burn this thing down and try to play some fun basketball while we try to figure this thing out. Um, Scoot Henderson goes to Portland. So the storylines that we thought would be um, shaking, rocking, and shaping the draft really didn't. They didn't happen. And, and, and that leads us to the Bulls. Baseball season is in full swing and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash full go to join today. The Red Sox are in town taking on the White Sox. I got Eloy Jimenez hitting a home run. I got Andrew Benintendi to record two or more hits. And I got the White Sox on the money line. Yes, right? Sox on the money line. Benintendi to have a big game. And Eloy to go deep. $10 can win you a buck ninety-three. Good luck and get money. So don't miss your chance to snag a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to Full Go to sign up. Once again, that's FanDuel.com slash full go to sign up FanDuel, official partner of major league baseball major league baseball trademarks used with permission must be 21 plus and present in select states gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit the ringer.com slash rg first online real money wager only ten dollar deposit required refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bet that expires seven days after receipts restrictions apply see full terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook Bulls fans, I understand if you're discouraged. Hell, I'm sitting here tonight thinking they didn't get better. Like, I'm not going to put it on Julian Phillips to come in here and save this team when Dalen Terry last year got negative minutes. Right? Like, he, he, a man broke a sweat three times last year consistently enough <laughs> where you got in. And I remember the first time you got put in one of those second rotations is like, wait a minute. Is this the, the lid lifter on the Dale and Terry era of Chicago bulls basketball? And then they were like, no, no, it wasn't it was just due to injury. We wanted to break in case of emergency and he's going to be down in Hoffman States, hooping it up. But I'm not pulling this on Julian Phillips. All I know is our tourist kind of show us and Mark Eversley keep pushing the pressure to the next incremental date in the NBA calendar. Now the pressure is on to find a shooter, right? To, to figure out what you're going to do in terms of all the wings on your team, uh, to figure out the, you know, they're going to extend offer sheets to the, the guys who contracts they have in tow right now in Io DeSumo and Kobe white and those boys um, I don't know, man. <laughs> like, I know it's not a great place for a podcast host to be where you, you, you're like on the fence on something. I don't know what to tell y'all. Y'all, I am as bewildered as y'all because if there was a night to, to do something, and of course, I don't know the inner workings and those things will spill out over the next couple of days. But if there's a night to do something and you've got assets to do it, this would have been the night to do it. You know, look at the teams that tanked going into the end of last season. The Portland Trailblazers looked at Damian Lillard and say, hey, man, it's been cool for the last 10 years, but we got to restart this thing at some point. So if you're going to be with us, if you're not going to be with us, we got to restart this thing at some point. You got Anthony Simons, you got Shaden Sharp, you got Jeremy Grant, right? Scoot Henderson is going to be next to those dudes. If Damian Lillard ends up in... I don't know, Boston, or if he ends up in Miami, <clears throat> or if he ends up in New York, the Portland Trailblazers said, we have to start figuring out what's next. I don't know what the Bulls told you tonight. Because I don't know if the Bulls know where they want to go. There's rumors that Michael Reinsdorf has um, delegated to Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley, hey, it's your ball. Do with it what you want, which 
if I'm hearing that, that clock is starting to tick to me. If my owner comes to me and says, hey, if you want to start this thing all over, go ahead. If you want to keep it and roll and try to go ahead and jump your way into that top six and maybe knock somebody off because they got an injury and you're fully healthy going into the playoffs, then go ahead. That kind of um, wiggle room is comfortable from afar, but inside, that's pressure. That's pressure. That's these last two years haven't panned out. We're sitting on a deal where you know they they announced and and answered questions about Lonzo Ball at the podium this evening, and pretty much said what we all knew is that Lonzo Ball ain't playing basketball next year. And we're asked about the stretch and wave uh, the wave and stretch provision. They said that we're not there yet, but what we've heard from them about Lonzo Ball over the last six months is bad news. But we're not there yet to give you better news. Well. I think that bad news continues. So I'm wondering if there's no market out there for some of the guys that you have or the market isn't rich enough for some of the guys you have. I'm wondering if the NBA right now is just telling the Bulls and the Bulls brass exactly what their organization and their their roster is, which is a team full of a couple of attractive pieces, but not enough for anybody to blow up their situation. and also. You ain't got no leverage. (laughs) You ain't got no leverage. You got no wiggle room. You're getting ready to sign Nikola Vucevic to a two or three year deal. It's for for all intents and purposes. It's, it's trending towards Vooch being back on this team. Uh, Arturis Karnaschovas was asked about the Vooch trade and he said he thinks it worked out well. Now, individually, if you want to look at his numbers and say, we got the 19 and 11 player. Cool. But I don't know how anybody could say anything has worked out well over the last couple of years. This has been one of the um, one of the more uneventful stories in the NBA since the last what year and a half. This team is is underperformed in my estimation, especially when you've got teams that are on your heels. Like for instance, the Orlando trade. They're part of the trade got finalized with the drafting of Jet Howard. And shout out to Juwan, man. Like, Juwan Howard is a Chicago legend. High school basketball-wise, going to CVS, being shout part the of crib. the Fab Five. Yeah, man, shout out to the crib is right. Um, to get that job after spending all those years on NBA benches, namely the Miami Heat, and to get that job, because a lot of people thought he should have got an NBA job, but then to have to go the Pat Ewing and Jerry Stackhouse route, go back down and coach your alma mater or coach at the college basketball level, and to not only do that, but to be successful. Yeah, you know, he had the little blow up on the sideline where he couldn't keep his hands to himself. But for the most part, I mean, <laughs> I, apparently I should have been watching Michigan basketball a lot more last year, by the way. Kobe Bufkin, the kid who was going to Atlanta, which I'm going to tell y'all right now, man, I saw that young man. I'm like, oh, yeah, Atlanta going to have something on their hands. <laughs> you feel me? Like he's out there, chest out, double breasted suit. You know what I mean? Mama looking good. Daddy looking good. Like, yeah. And his name is Kobe Bufkin. Like, <laughs> come on. You, you, you got to be a player landing in the city of Atlanta with, with that kind of vibe. But shout out to Juwan Howard. His son gets drafted in the lottery. Um, that is the final piece of the Nikola Vucevic trade, along with Franz Wagner, along with Wendell Carter Jr. Um, those teams are gaining on you too, right? The Orlandos of the world are gaining on you. Detroit went out there. All they can do now is add pieces, along with the coach they're paying $78 million to. Like, we look at the top of the Eastern Conference and just from standings alone, like brass tacks, Results, you know, good, good English, bad manners. This is what it is. The Bulls are closer to some of these teams that are getting better and lottery and and top of the draft than they are to, in my estimation, the five and six seeds that we saw in this year's Eastern Conference playoffs. So while you're trying to chase something and trying to jump uh, another level and not knowing what 
your point guard position is looking like right now, not knowing where your shooting is coming from, uh, your, your bench depth. You've been trying to piecemeal. I think if you want to say something about Billy Donovan and what this team has done over the last couple of years is piecemealing these bench pieces together like a bullpen over these last couple of years and it working out, you know, sufficiently enough. But it's only so long you can count on the Derrick Jones juniors of the world. It's only so long you can count on the Thad Youngs of the world. It's only so long you can count on the Javante Greens of the world. At some point, some point, those dudes have to be starter-like players if you're going to get into championship-level contention. When you look at the Denver Nuggets, they got guys who will be starting on lesser teams coming off their bench. You know, the same thing for the Milwaukee Bucks, the same thing for the Philadelphia 76ers and the Boston Celtics. So if you're not turning over to the top of the roster, you're going to have to turn over the middle and the lower parts of this roster. And with Derrick Jones Jr. opting for free agency, Andre Drummond, you're still waiting on his decision. Uh, I, I was not a fan of the way he was used last year. By the Bulls, I, I thought he could have been implemented in different ways and more often. And, you know, too many times the scheme or what the other team was doing was dictating if Andre Drummond was going to pay big minutes. Hey, man, <laughs> put your best players on the floor and win games. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know if this year, like the honeymoon is over. OK, that that is what the official end of draft night is. Uh, for this organization and it was probably over last year but if it wasn't over and, and it was just a long one and you just kept jumping from island to island and enjoying yourself not getting back to the to the crib and getting back to work and taking care of your home and and your pets and visiting your family like you should well it's time to come on home the honeymoon is over and now we're going to really really dig into what our tourist kind of show and mark eversley have to deal with here they have to deal with the three-point shooting the perimeter shooting is not only uh, an issue, it's a distinct weakness for a team who offensively doesn't gel the way it's supposed to. So if they're clunky on any given night, you're talking about a 10-point lead looking like it's a 15-20 point lead because you know a lot of three-pointers won't be put up and even less will be hit. So the formula overall of this team, I think Bulls fans were looking forward to something changing, something being different. And this is the other thing, too. If there was any time to do it, I think this, like, you caught Bulls fans in the sweet spot of, hey, y'all, we tried. Somebody got hurt. This thing kind of this thing kind of got derailed. No fault of anybody's, but we got to keep it moving. This is a business. <laughs> we need results. Results aren't there. We have to start looking towards future results. That could have been the credo. That could have been the, 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 the modus operandi. That could have been the, the plan, the executable and distinct and deliverable plan and digestible plan, I think, to fans. Now, when we talk about tanking, everybody thinks that they could do it until you go through three years of it and it doesn't yield what you thought it would. So I hear people who talk about tanking, but I also ask who you want to take. Because if the draft hasn't shown you that so far, so far, it hasn't yielded the fruit that many would have expected with the, the level of picks that the Bulls have had since the AK and Mark Eversley era has started, then are you sure that these are the guys you want to tank with too? So... You know, it's, it, I think these conversations are nuanced for Bulls fans, and I understand the frustration, right? There's more confusion on my end, all right? Because I, I know the, the, the pitchforks and the torches are out, and everybody wants to storm the west side and hit up the Advocate Center and, and give people a piece of their mind. But now, nah, man, the confusion, I think, reigns supreme for me because the, the, the direction that this team is going in seems sideways right it seems like seems like an entertaining product will be put out there for most nights but ceiling wise because right now ain't no mover and shaker to me on the horizon after this draft night this firmly i am firmly entrenched in oh yeah they are serious about running it back now like i don't think there's going to be some crazy signing i could be wrong I could be wrong. Like maybe Chris Middleton knows something that we don't know. Right. Opting out of his deal with the Milwaukee Bucks. Maybe some of these dudes who said, all right, I'm going to go test these waters. Understand that there might be somebody out there that's going to overpay. And that's also the bag that you don't want to get into either. 
because at some point you're going to mess around and be the Phoenix Suns out here with nothing to show for it in terms of Kevin Durant or Bradley Beal or Devin Booker. You know, the Phoenix Suns don't own the rights to their own picks in terms of pick swaps and all the other things after this Bradley Beal trade until something crazy like 2031. Like, all you got to do is look at Mikhail Prokhorov and the Brooklyn Nets to figure out the longer you go without draft picks, I don't care what you think about the NBA draft. This is why the Oklahoma City Thunder right now are sitting pretty. Because the longer you go without a, a, a bushel full of draft picks, the more you're going to have to overpay for other people's mistakes or other people's bad injury histories or other people's bad personalities. You know what I mean? And and you might not want to hear this, but agents talk about things like this where it's like, all right, my guy just needs to get to a different city. Well, guess what? Chicago ain't the dry out city either. Right. Chicago ain't the city that you just send him motherfuckers to that, that, you know, just had a rough go of it. You need to get away from his baby mama. You know, he hit the bottle a little hard in the last city. But, you know, uh, let's just send him out there to Salt Lake City and get his mind right. No, no, no. That ain't this. You know, like these are the things that agents don't talk about when they jump on these talk shows. These are the things that fans really don't talk about. You kidding me? Like the NFL has distinct and clear dry out cities. <laughs> shit. Hey, you ever wonder why so many dudes go to Green Bay and turn their life around? <laughs> Ain't shit to do. <laughs> Ain't nothing to do. What am I gonna do? Real cow tipping, eat a little cheese, smoke some some midweed, and go back and go do push-ups and get better at football. Right? <laughs> like San Antonio. Oh, that 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 culture, that pop in, instills. Man, if y'all don't get your ass out of here, Dick's last resort is the dopest restaurant in San Antonio. Okay. <laughs> the, the clubs close in midnight. All right. <laughs> the, you know, the Instagram girls look like me, Chris and Tony. Like ain't nothing happening. All right. Chicago ain't that. <laughs> so, so, so when you think about c- cities that you might have to, Oh, he, he might get on the right foot here in the city of Chicago. DeMar DeRozan is a special case. DeMar DeRozan is a great dude. He's been a, a terrific scorer his entire career. And on top of it, DeMar DeRozan landed in a place where he, Debo the basketball. That's his nickname. <laughs> He's like, oh, wait a minute. I get to show the NBA how cold I am with no consequence? Psh, bet. <laughs> Give me that. Last two years. Hall of Fame candidacy in tow. All right? But if it's not about individual accolades, if it's not about um relevancy, if it's not about getting booed on first take, right? If it's not about all these other things, if we talk about championships. We're talking about contention. We're talking about what matters the most. I got to see it. I got to see it. And I, I don't see it right now. I do not see it. And I'm giving you my honest opinion on this. You know, I, I, I run into people in the streets all the time, Tony and Chris. And they go, hey, man, hey, it's a good job you do working for the Bulls. And I'm like, hey, I do not work for the Bulls, Okay. My checks have never had Benny the Bull's face on them. Okay. They are not hand delivered by Chuck Swirsky. I like, like I, I don't, I, let me tell y'all something right now. I may have a tougher time getting into the United Center than y'all do. <laughs> Just take a look at the last two seasons. <laughs> when the last time y'all seen the pre and post game from the concourse live in the United Center. All right. So I don't work for them. So I have no reason to carry water for them at all. I'm telling y'all how I see it. If I was on the outside looking in at this situation, I would think to myself, man, it's a hell of a fantasy team, boy. I can't wait to draft three bulls. But when it comes to material winning, I, I don't see it right now. I don't see it. <laughs> and, and how are you supposed to trust them, too? Like, the last time they were in this situation, last year, after the draft, or a couple of years after, yeah, last year after the draft, they were like, "Yeah, we're in free agency. We're gonna we're gonna attack rim protection, and we're gonna get shooting." The answer was Goran Dragic and Andre Drummond. So it was like, "Fam, like, what do you you?" They did themselves no favors in terms of the support of the fan base, which is they may be cool with that. You know, they I think he mentioned saying, hey, you know, they just got to wait and see what we do in free agency. That's cool. But Casey asked a great question. Casey Jones asked a great question. He's like, 
But you say you want to bring everybody back. So, and that puts you near the, the luxury tax. Are you okay with going over the luxury tax with this team? <laughs> and his answer <laughs> seems to say that he, Michael and ownership told him that it was okay if he thinks that they could be competitive to go over the luxury tax. Why would you go over the luxury tax for this roster? It just makes no sense. And again, Jace, like you said, it just leaves you very much confused and wondering what's going on in there. Yeah. What's next? We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Goff. After a word from our sponsors. Bulls talk with Jason Goff on the full goal. Flies in with a two-handed slam dunk. Brought to you by The Ringer, a Spotify original. You know, I love this team. It's, it's like it's, the Bears, I've said it before on this podcast, the Bears, everybody falls under that umbrella, right? Everybody's a part of that gang in this city. You know, it don't matter which set you claiming, which side, you know, which neighborhood you from, the bear, we fall under the Bears umbrella. And then after that, everybody start choosing up, whether it be the Cubs or the Sox, and sometimes the Blackhawks versus the Bulls. You already know why. But yeah, everybody chooses up. As a kid, I was blessed, man. Like Michael Jordan was drafted when I was five years old. <laughs> so I grew up understanding that there is a comet that I get to watch streak through the sky every single night for my winter months. It was a relationship that I got to build. You know, listening to, and, and, and watching Jim Durham and Johnny Red Kerr and then turning into Tom Dore and Johnny Red Kerr and then turning into Tom Dore and Stacey King. God rest Johnny Red Kerr. And then Stacey King and Neil Funk doing their thing. And now Stacey King and Adam Amin doing their thing. Like Bulls basketball has been a, a huge part of the soundtrack of my life. My final day of high school was when Michael Jordan hit his final shot as a Chicago Bull against the Utah Jazz in Utah. There have been so many moments in my life that have been bookmarked by Chicago Bulls basketball. So I've given up on this team. I've come back. <laughs> I, have, <laughs> I, have, I have seen some beautiful days and some amazing nights. I got a chance to cover the Derrick Rose phenomenon from the moment he landed here in this city. I got a chance to see that thing dry up because of injury and excuses and poor PR and 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 hit jobs by media members around this city. Like I've seen it all. I saw the rise of Jimmy Butler. I saw Jimmy Butler get too big for his britches. I saw the Tom Thibodeau era where I was looking around like, hey man, he got a bunch of 24-year-olds. Y'all motherfuckers are worried about minutes. You got a bunch of young kids. Get out there and play some basketball. I thought there was all that tough talk and all that city of broad shoulders and all that gangster shit that we talk. I thought I thought that was what y'all were. Like we have had battles about Bulls basketball, and these last five or six years, man, have been just meh. They've just they 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 haven't been to the standard of what I'm used to it having to be. And if not, then there's a problem. And I'm even going back to the Andres Nocioni, Kirk Heinrich, Ben Gordon Bulls. When you knew, they weren't winning no title, but they was coming there to give you everything they had. You was going to watch them battle. You watched them battle the Celtics on their way to a championship, right? You watched them battle. I will never forget. You know, people, people forget about the series that were the most fun. That Washington Wizards, Gilbert Arenas, Ben Gordon series, man, please. You want to talk about shot making with them ugly ass Wizards uniforms back? Remember they had the mismatch joints with the gold top and the blue bottom? Gilbert out there dropping 30 on people's heads. Kirk Heinrich out there snake biting him to death, hitting that elbow every chance he could. Like, I've seen some beautiful playoff battles. So for this to be where we're at right now, I understand. I understand the frustration. I'm, I'm <laughs> y'all don't y'all hear me on game nights when we do this pod. It's hard for me to keep it to myself. From the year one, I've been four years now, I've had this job as the pre and post show host. 
for NBC Sports Chicago. The first year, they, it was a call every other game to my boss about the things that I was saying on the air because I couldn't understand it. It was the end of the Jim Boylan era. And I'm like, wait a minute, aren't we all watching the same thing? And also, point up to the, to the sky. You see them rafters? Ain't no Central Division champion rafters up there. Ain't no Eastern Conference Finals raft, uh, 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 banners up there. It's championship banners up there. I watch from age 11 to 17. <laughs> okay? From age 11 to 17, I knew where the fuck I was going to be every June in front of a television watching my favorite team win a championship. And it's because we had the greatest player in the world. It was also because of the pieces around that great player. So, yeah, I'm not mad at you. If you're my age, if you're a few years younger, whatever the case may be, and you've been, you've been holding this organization to a certain standard for so many years, I'm not mad at you at all. Continue to do so. They deserve it. Because it continues to be a packed house at the United Center. The merchandise continues to fly off the shelf. It don't matter who's in a Bulls jersey. That jersey's going to be top 12, top 15 in the NBA every single year. Every year. You want to talk about underrated fan bases? You know, we, we, there's, there, the Cub fans get a whole bunch of grief for being the lovable losers and showing up when, when they lost all those years and all of a sudden Dusty Baker's black ass showed up and it, was, it got serious. It was time to win. Bulls fans, they don't get chided for being lovable losers. We don't get chided for being, you know why? Because we've seen winning in our lifetime. How many fan bases haven't seen a championship in their lifetime? Nevertheless, two different dynasties. So I'm sorry if you think you're being graded on an unfair curve. Tough tits. Those, that's the business. That's the business. You take this gig, you think about the glory of having a parade down Michigan Avenue. So as we sit here on what? Uh, it ain't no, it ain't June 22nd no more. As we sit here on June 23rd at one o'clock in the goddamn morning. Yeah. I understand why you're unfulfilled. I understand why you're upset and it's okay to be upset. It's okay to be uh, confused by the nature of the, the, the direction the thought process, because what we were told was Arturis Karnaschovas can get into any gym in the world. What we were told was Mark Eversley has relationships because of his Nike connections that span the globe in terms of free agents, in terms of agents, in terms of uh, player development, in terms of shooting coach. Like I heard about a shooting coach today. Those are the additions that we're talking about here on draft night. Julian Phillips and a shooting coach. So we can put it on them if the Bulls don't win 45 games next year. Time for some commercials. What up, world? It's Vic Spencer, and you're listening to The Full Goal with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. The New Orleans Pelicans kept their powder dry. The Portland Trailblazers kept their powder dry. The Golden State Warriors, boy. They, how'd you like to be a part of those practices, huh? Chris Paul and Draymond Green on the same squad going up against Klay Thompson and Steph Curry. And they got rid of Poole <laughs> yep. too, right? They got, uh, the Poole's not at the gym anymore. Hey, listen, Jordan already on the way to D.C. <laughs> you selecting that condo and getting ready. He was to already walk. there. Oh, yeah. You're getting, getting ready to walk the yard at, uh, <laughs> at Howard. You know what I mean? He's he getting, getting ready to get all, you know, that average-ass mumbo sauce or whatever the, whatever the hell they eat out there, you know, get, get a little go-go in his system. He's living Nick Young's dream right now. Oh, my got, God. He got, got the big money. Got and the get max. to shoot all oh. he want. Oh. Oh. On and off the court. Ladies so and gentlemen. He walks so this man can run. <laughs> no pressure. Jordan, no Jordan pressure. Poole. Jordan Poole going to get 21 shots a game, ladies and gentlemen. It is about to be. We about to see some things. You know, what were we talking about last year? The scoring pace? Like, oh, look at, look at these eight guys are scoring 30 or more points. You can add another one. You can go ahead and add another one to that list. Because if Jordan Poole, all right, hey, FanDuel, I need the odds right now. 
Greatest greatest app in the history of app creation, FanDuel Sportsbook. I need the the over or uh, under on on Jordan Poole average points per game. Where should we set it, fellas? What are we thinking? Twenty six and a half? Huh? Is that a, is that a comfortable spot? He's scoring twenty a game with Golden State. Is that a comfortable comfortable landing spot? Twenty seven, twenty seven and a half, twenty six. Where would y'all go? Yeah, that might that might be a little high for my blood. Really? I mean, he's just going to be the only person scoring. I might even go with the over. Tony, yeah, Tony, who? Who the fuck is he passing the ball to? Hey, I, I think I think the line will be twenty five. Oh, you wildin'. Give me that line all be, day. Give me line that line now. Be 25. Give me that right now. That that shit better be <laughs> plus one hundred. <laughs> that shit better be a <laughs> no, no, no. That better be a a, a very, very, uh, a very slim bet right there. Come on, man. Jordan Poole about to go out there and act a fool. You hear me? You hear me? Yeah, here's the keys to an entire franchise that has no expectations of winning and you're not expected to play defense. All right. You just hear you just hear the sweet Georgia Brown in the background. <laughs> yeah, you just hear it. That, that man working on his side step, step back. He working on his hezzy pull. He in the gym right now. Jordan Poole is about to come back with the, the crazy inventive bag. And he was like, man, he really worked on his game. Why you think? The ball is his. Okay? Yeah. 25. You crazy as hell. That man, let's uh, show bet right now. Show bet right now. I got a hundred on it. Over under. We need to set a, over, uh, uh, a decent over under. We need to set a decent over-under because that man's about to score. The Eastern Conference is going to be fun, man. The Eastern Conference is going to be Indiana, my man Tyrese Halliburton. He got, a, he got a bunch of bigs to run with. Like, this is the other thing, too. I saw a whole bunch of dudes who are six foot 10, 225 pounds masquerading as power forwards that are running and jumping and blocking shots. Like, the NBA is changing at a level where we are starting to see the, the body types are changing. Right, like these these old Oscar Shibwe was what two time player of the year. It was like, no, thank you, sir. <laughs> we don't need plotters. Right, the big man from uh, Illinois who I thought was gonna have a pro career was it Kofi? Mm mm. You take your big seven foot two hundred eighty pound ass somewhere else. <laughs> we got we got two we got room for two or three of those. <laughs> Shaq, Nikola Jokic, and and Andre Drummond. That's it. That's it. We ain't, ain't no big men running around out here seven foot and 290 pounds anymore. And oh, by the way, the gear. Hey, listen. <laughs> Grady Dick took it to another level, but Scoot Henderson <laughs> with, the, with the grill and the fangs and the suit that was bedazzled, but in a, like a very extraordinarily expensive way, right? Then, of course, Chicago's very own Amari Bailey comes out there with his chest all out, second round pick to the Charlotte. Charlotte had a nice night. I think Charlotte had themselves a decent night. And they got a whole bunch of kids running around. So be careful, but I think they had themselves a decent night. Amari Bailey, who some think should have stayed in school, gets drafted 41st overall. You know, he of the very, you know, uh, attractive mom as well. Uh, went to school with Johanna. So shout out to uh, Johanna and uh, shout out to my man, Andrew Brown, who uh, sophomore year in high school was dating Johanna. I will never forget when she walked into Cotillion with Corey McGetty and I had to, uh, I had to lean over to my man, Andrew and be like, that ain't your girl no more, fam. That is not your woman no more. You share that girl. Let's go ahead and take it all over to the Seven Eleven. Get yourself a nice a Slurpee and a, and a Blacktail magazine to soothe your soothe your troubles because that is no longer you are no longer uh, occupado that space. Yeah. Can yeah, you yeah, imagine yeah. Corey McGetty? Corey McGetty. Corey McGetty was the size he is now when he was 17, 16 years old. That man walks into a gymnasium full of snot-nosed sophomores and juniors as a lottery pick, getting ready to get paid. And you just look at your man like, "Ooh, ah, I can see this is breaking news to you too, huh? This is this is nothing that you were prepared for, you know." So shout out to Amari Bailey. I'll always be rooting for you. <laughs> always be rooting for you um he goes 41 overall had the pearls 
right? Had the double-breasted with the pearls jumping off and, and the chest all the way out. Kids was out there looking good, man. Bunch of floppy-haired kids like my little guy, right? The, the league is getting flooded with, with big hair, boy. I when are they going to get rid of the hats, man? It's starting to look ridiculous now. They got to do, they need chains or starting. jerseys or starting. basketball. Like, <laughs> yeah, they need to get rid of these hats. Don't, don't do this. See, look at you. You did the white guy thing. Go straight they, they for the fucking, get... straight for the fucking ceremonial chain. <laughs> I, I'm tired. Of, I'm tired of y'all with the fucking the, the, the co-opting of the chains. Nah, New fuck jerseys. that. I'm tired of the co-opting of the chain shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> All of a sudden, you got turnover chains. Now baseball, you got chains for when you hit a home run on a team that's 12, 13 games under 500. Sit your ass down. Not everybody gets a chain. The chain is a special thing in a young man's life. When he is given the chain, that is like you being handed the title belt from your father. I remember the first time my dad put my cha- his chain on me. We was going to the uh, Run DMC EPMD LL Cool J tour. Uh, it was like 88, something like that. I, I forget the name of the tour, but you guys can look up the bill. It was here in Chicago, and all those dudes were on the bill. And we getting ready to go out to the concert. And my dad just puts it was a, it was like a passing of the torch. You hear me? I'm eight years old, just looking up. You know, I got like a I got like a fur on because for some reason my dad thought I'm going to my first rap concert. We should put a fur on him. <laughs> put a chain on me. I'm out here looking like Sir Mix a lot in my Posse on Broadway video. You hear me? You kidding me? Everybody got chains now. Stop co-opting the chain culture. All right, y'all making it look tacky out there. You know, as as uh, as as the great Pimp C once said, take that monkey shit off. You embarrassing us. All right. <laughs> Stop with the chain co-opting. All right. We see these damn college baseball teams out here with chain, uh, a home run chain. Knock it off. But I digress, man. Everybody was out there looking good. Except for the Bulls. Except for the Bulls. Like, I still don't know what what's my man's name. Julian Phillips. Still don't know what he looks like. I do not know what it looks like. All I've done is read his scouting report and his scouting report. I read one scouting report that says it'll have a tough time sticking if he doesn't have an offensive breakthrough. So, (laughs) (laughs) so I, I wish the young man the best. I truly do. I hope he is the next Jimmy Butler for this franchise. I truly do. Highest vertical in the combine. There you go. There you go. How is he on defense? Yeah, uh, oh, apparently amazing. <laughs> Just versatile. like everybody. Is he versatile? Yeah, versatile, <laughs> versatile. A versatile defender, right? He can guard this end of the bench or that end of the bench. You know, like, oh, man, I'm just having fun now. Congratulations to Julia Phillips. Congratulations to all the draftees. Like, it's, it's cool to see these young dudes realize their NBA dreams. It's cool to see the tears um, because you realize how much work that these families have put in. And the filtration process, man, we I don't think we talk about it enough as sports fans. We all know somebody that was cold as hell hooping. We all know somebody who was cold, who got weeded out by the quote unquote politics. You know, it's always that one. Oh, you know, it's politics. Coach had his team in the summer before I got there. You know how that go. We all know that dude. We all know the dude who makes it to the D1 level and has a nice career at a mid-major or something like that and comes back and busts your ass every summer at the Y or wherever y'all hoop at. But for these kids, 18, 19, 20 years old, being handed their their lives in this moment and, and, and say, hey, chart a course. You've worked this hard. You've realized your potential to this point. You're acknowledging those dreams on this night. The commissioner is saying your name. Like, Victor Wembanyama has known for the last two years that he was going to be the number one pick in this draft. For the last two years, he's known that. And, and the emotion was fresh as the day he, you know, picked up a basketball problem. So I enjoyed the, the, the show of it. Uh, didn't necessarily enjoy the broadcast. Did not necessarily thought it was a little clunky. Um, I like Jay Billis a lot. Love to hear a lot more from Jay Billis. Um, it was just, you know, it was rife with like syrup and pregnant pauses and emphasis for emphasis sake. And 
you know, trying to get every tear out of every single interview. Shout out to Monica McNutt. I thought she did a, a fantastic job. I think she does an outstanding job on all of uh, ESPN's broadcasts as well. But yeah, man, uh, another draft is coming gone and Bulls fans. We really didn't have to be around for this one. We could have just, we could have just gotten an alert on our phone for this. Like I came home, you know, I, I have done like two of my three jobs today. I was just like, all right, can't wait for the third one tonight. Probably see the boys around 1030, something like that. Get ourselves a little 45 minutes worth of action in. Ordered a little Chinese food. You know what I mean? Ordered the vibes. Both of them arrived at the same time. I'm like, oh, we about to have a party in here. You know, we broke open the, the 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 Kim Crawford. You know, Sauvignon Blanc had had ourselves the time, and before you know it, I could see my, my my fiance sauntering up the steps and leaving me in the abyss of the second round of the NBA draft, <laughs> where the where the ambiguously biracial Mark Tatum comes out and tells you who you don't have to worry about watching this year. <laughs> Just, just a bunch of hey this is the other thing too hey man the nba has pretty much kept the entire draft on the g league ignite team and didn't tell us like every pick came from either paris kentucky houston uh baylor or the g league ignite team and that's it good night folks like it, it was no other teams or no other countries represented like it was it'd be like this kid from compton also from G League Ignite. <laughs> and this dude from Czechoslovakia, if that's still a thing, also from G League Ignite. Like, the NBA's got themselves a full-fledged minor league right under our noses. You know? And that's what it felt like. It felt like the minor league baseball draft. Y- y'all watch that every year. Like, oh, look, I'm getting baseball smart. You don't know who the fuck walking across that stage. <laughs> like, you see a dark skinned dude, you're like, oh, okay, Spanish or English? All right, all right, all right, all right Spanish. All right, Spanish, Spanish, Spanish. Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> the Dominican homies just sitting there at the MLB networks, stuffy studios, like, hey, man, just give me a hat and a bat. Like, I don't, I don't need to be here. <laughs> I already got the chain. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm 17 years old going on 24. Just, just give me a baseball. Just let me go ahead and do my thing y'all don't know me i don't know y'all that's what the nba draft felt like for me i didn't know any of these people man (laughs) like anthony black i saw him play a few times right uh all right like jerace walker i saw him play a few times because houston was in the final four but houston had that slew of big men who all did this there was like four of those dudes on that team who did the same thing running and jumping and scaring the shit out of kids that's what they did the entire tournament so one of those dudes got drafted. <laughs> oh, this is the other thing, too. Hey, um, what are they trying to do to Ja in Memphis, y'all? Because now Marcus Smart is on the Memphis Grizzlies, and this Marcus Sasser kid who got drafted, who's like a dog, right? Like just ready to, you know, practice your face off. Like kind of like Davion Mitchell uh from Baylor a couple of years back. Like John's going to be sitting out for 25 games watching these two go at it and then come back and, and still be Ja, but practice about to be a little, little hectic. You got, you got, I mean, there is no more annoying a player in the NBA probably than Marcus Smart. And then you got this dude drafted in the first round who all they did was say, Hey man, you, you don't want to be around this dude in practice on game day. Like what, what they trying to do to my man Ja, huh? See, it's the system and the man taking the brother down. That's what it is. I tell you right there. 25 games, so he can't get his all-NBA. Took $50 million out of his pocket, and all he had was a gun lighter. How about that shit, huh? About, <laughs> we didn't even get a chance to cover that last pod. Hey, y'all, it was a lighter. Oh, okay. Well, you're telling me how stupid you truly are then. That's that's what you did. You, I, I would have enjoyed it more if it was a, a real gun. And then you said, hey, I ain't going to do this no more. You're just running around with something that you can get shot with. And that if you shoot it, uh, you just be able to light somebody in Newport. That don't make no sense to me, especially in the city of Memphis. But I digress. Bulls fans, um, I, I hope this was um, cathartic for you. I hope this was therapeutic. Um, and even if it wasn't, we got these jokes off because unless something big happens in free agency, they are really, really going to run this thing back. It's the full goal, baby!
That's all the time we have for episode 258 of the Full Go Podcast. Uh, thank you all for hanging out with us. I want to thank our production staff. As always, the shadowy figure that is known as Steve Cerruti, who is somewhere giggling right now because he's an Orlando Magic fan and he loves the pain that we as Bulls fans are going through. So uh, this is a big middle finger to you, Steve Cerruti. We love you. Uh, as always, you know, <laughs> skies out, thighs out. As, as he put in our group chat the other day. Uh, my main man, Tony Gill, and of course, our chief vibes officer himself, Chris Sutton. For the fellas, I'm Jason Goff. Thanking you for downloading this thing. Thanking you for subscribing to it. Thanking you for sharing and with your friends and family. Uh, appreciate y'all for rating and reviewing this thing too, by the way. Giving it the five stars you know it needs. If not, we will see you in the streets. Bulls fans, I want to hear from you. The voicemail line is open. 773-359-3103. How are you feeling? Is there some pie in the sky somewhere out there for you? Are you are you feeling like this is doomsday? Are you confused? Are you apathetic? The voicemail line for the full go is open for you at all times. Unfiltered, unsel- uncensored, uh, you know, unadulterated fun, right? So check us out. 773-359-3103 is the voicemail number. Uh, until the next time we catch you, which will be on Sunday, right? The blessed Sunday that we do this thing on. Take care of each other. Be safe. And remember to stay sucker free. We'll holla at you. Must be 21 and over and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org chat in Connecticut. one 800 nine with it in indiana 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in kansas 1-877-770-STOP in louisiana visit mdgamblinghelp.org in maryland visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in west virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in wyoming hope is here Visit GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text H-O-P-E-N-Y in New York.